Welcome to The Time Is Now. I am your host, Michael Stafford. It is Tuesday, March the 16th. We have plenty to cover this week, so let's get to it. March Madness is here. How will COVID affect the outcome? The UFC is back in full effect, but first, anti-Semitism in the NBA. You know I had to touch on it, so sit back, relax, and I'll see you on the other side. Miles Leonard, Myers Leonard from the Miami Heat the other week was on Twitch and made some anti-Semitic slur that got him into a lot of trouble in the dub nine, the NBA. <laughs> got him into a lot of trouble. Hmm. If you haven't heard the clip, take a listen. Cowards don't get snug me, you kike bitch. <laughs> I just dropped that on my head. That didn't even go to fucking. Um, anyways. Oh, no, they're not teammates. Grab that. I gotta take a quick phone call. Yep. Yo, my wife needs me. She just called me. I'll, uh, I gotta roll, brother. GG's. Okay. Hey, GG, brother. What do you think? Yep. Bye bye. Now, that first clip was Myers Leonard from the Miami Heat. The second audio, I don't know if you remember this, was from Riley Cooper. Many years ago, for the Eagles, Riley Cooper had an incident at a concert, and he was blurting out the N-word. And I remember that they had players on the team who wanted to fight him. Then you had their new quarterback and Michael Vick. <laughs> We all know Michael Vick is black and we all know that Riley Cooper is not. Because he used the nigger with the hard ER. You know, so that it's things a little different. But you had someone like Michael Vick who came to his defense on behalf of all black people, I guess, in the league to say that he knows what's in Riley Cooper's heart and he believes in him and he's like pretty much vouching for him. After people like my uh Riley Cooper condemned Michael Vick, had him in jail for two years for the dog situation. And as I'm speaking on this right now, there are people who do not look like me who are getting agitated just to hear the name Michael Vick because how much they love their dogs. And as we spoke up on other shows before, white America loved their dogs more than they like black people. But that's another thing for another day. I played the second audio because with the anti-Semitic slur. So with Riley Cooper, he had like a, I think it was like a preseason uh, uh, suspension. He barely missed any time. He had a very small fine. He missed like one game. I think it was a preseason game, but none, nonetheless, it was a minute fine. And I thought at the time, because hip hop culture and how casually it's said in the locker rooms amongst the African-American athletes, not that he was emulating them, but I just felt it was a little hypocritical. And I know we have all these rules. Oh, well, we can use it. And listen, man, did black people even create the English language? So let's just start there. Who created the word? They said, oh, it came from me, Gus. And I, listen, at the end of the day, 
Was I pissed? Yes. Was it was a penalty just? I don't think so. However, it's almost like a double standard. So I thought to put it on our people to stop using the word altogether. Like you want them to stop, you stop. How about that? Oh, it's our word to you. And it just just don't say it. You don't call each other cracker. So, you know, why do we feel it's okay to turn a negative and say that we made it a positive? So that's that. Now back to Myers Leonard. Myers Leonard at the time when he said this, and he's kind of he, he's indefinitely suspended. However, he was already out injured for the season. And the Heat have been playing very well without him. We'll talk about that later. But this all brings me back to the bubble. When everyone's taking a knee and he says, oh, my, my family believes in patriotism and my, my brother, and he's on TV crying as he's interviewing his brother because his brother's fighting overseas. And well, that, that's what that flag means to us. And yada, yada, yada. And we talked about um, in other forums how there were some some people in the media, they didn't know their mics were still on and they, they were calling the, the athletes niggers as well for kneeling. And they say it's about the flag. They say it's, you know, it's, it's all about the, respecting the flag, which is BS, has nothing to do with that. And I called BS on him back then, but I was waiting for people to come around, but we had more people like Michael Vick willing to give him a pass, willing to vouch for him willing to say this and that. And I said, okay, this is going to come up again because what goes on in the dark will come to the light. Now, as you hear that clip and knowing that the owners of the team are Jewish, ouch. Now, when you use that word, man, it's, it's not like it's not like nigga or nigger or whatever you want to call it. You know, that, that rolls off the tongue like velvet, right? You hear all your favorite hip-hop artists using it and stuff and, uh, and your favorite athletes are saying it amongst each other your teammates are saying it so it's not a big deal but that k see i'm not even going to repeat it because i don't want them shutting me down like viacom <laughs> call me nick cannon but you got to dig in the crates for that one that's not a word that's used every day that, you don't hear that in any song I, last time i heard it in a song was michael jackson I think the song is all I want to say is that they don't really care about us. And he used that word one time. My goodness, that's the first time I ever heard it. So for that to be it, you got to remember he was at home on Twitch. And it's like it came out like like water, just like nothing. And I kind of do believe him when he says he didn't really know the severity of that word. He just knew it was something derogative. I could tell that by the way he used it. And if you listen to the clip a little closer, you can see that his wife, or he says it was his wife, called him because that was already broadcasted everywhere. And they're already getting phone calls and social media was going crazy, I'm sure. And she told him to shut it down. And he was like, uh-oh, I done messed up. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it, sh it proves to me this type of behavior, these these words, these, these feelings, is deeply rooted in the way he was raised. For it to come out so fluidly. So maybe he didn't know the severity of it, but his parents did. The elders in his family did. And to me, it's not like they're a bunch of racist bigots. And if they bring him back into the league, I'll be shocked. Well, I shouldn't say I'll be shocked. Well, I will be shocked because it was anti-Semitic and the Jewish don't play. Yes, black people must forget about slavery and why do we also bring it up? But they will never let you forget about the Holocaust. But that's another topic for another day. My goodness, Myers Leonard. Sorry, brother, but you did this to yourself. Ignorance is not bliss, I guess. Moving on. Drew Brees and his retirement, giving him his flowers. Clap, 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 clap. Amen, brother. You had a strong 20 years. Retiring at the age of 42, got those beautiful kids. Thought it was amazing. You got beat up by the GOAT once again. You got your one Super Bowl, which was great. Brought that franchise as only Super Bowl. Archie Manning couldn't do it. They used to be the eights before you got there. Brought them some stability for 15 seasons. You finished, the seat, you finished your career with first in completions and first in yardage, second in touchdowns, and second in completion percentage. Amazing job. Amazing job. But as 
Tom Brady returns and he's slightly older than you, like I think you guys are around the same age, but regardless, it doesn't matter. You guys are old, old as, old as dust. He's returning, he won a Super Bowl, and um, he has a strong team. But I noticed your team is strong as well, and they're resigning a lot of people. But all I can think about when I think of Drew Brees, and if you remember, go back to the tape. I don't know what episode it is. Just go back and listen to all of them from last season. When I said that Drew Brees should retire. And I said, I wouldn't be shocked if he retires at the end of this season because of the statements he made when it came to kneeling for the flag and things like that and using the my father-in-law and my father they fought in the wars like black people never fought in the wars like black people did not go overseas and fight for a country where they still didn't have equal rights they fought for the freedom for people to have a colored section to go to the back of the bus to the back of the store to eat their food to be treated like second-class citizens where there was still Jim Crow. <laughs> so part of that culture who just continuously just don't get it. And I say don't get it, but I say really don't want to get it. Because how can you be around black people your entire most of your lives? And you didn't take the time to know or to try to understand the plight, to understand what they go through. You think you never listened to a story? Did you did you invite them to your house? Have you been at their homes? Drew Brees, 20 years in the league, and you were still tone deaf up to what was going on in the communities around you, especially a community like New Orleans. That's like the Southern Chicago. Worse, because the living situations are worse. The poverty is worse. And you tell them you didn't know and all the charitable uh, organizations you were in, were you in those charities just for tax write-off purposes? Because you did not take the time to know what's going on in your own communities? to understand why people kneeled, to understand that it was not inequalities in this nation, to see how the disproportionate weight of where black people were incarcerated for the same crimes as your people. You had the audacity to say the things that you said to diminish those who took a knee and you didn't want to stand with your brethren on that on that plight, on, the, on, that, on those actions. And you sounded so ignorant to where Michael Thomas didn't want to catch the ball from you all season, your number one receiver. Y'all had beef all season. I caught it. He could catch from Taysom Hill, but he couldn't call. He couldn't catch a ball from you all of a sudden. But that was your number one guy. You got him paid because how many times you got the ball to him with your stellar accuracy. Hmm. I said he was going to retire. It had nothing to do with his physical. That was part of it. There was so many things that pointed to why he should retire. But I knew that those statements he said at the beginning of the season was the beginning of the M for Mr. Drew Brees. So, appreciate you, Brees. You did great work, but it was time for you to move on. Another thing, as we see maybe Myers Leonard going to get canceled, and Drew Brees, he went ahead and canceled himself. What's going on with this cancel culture, man? What's going on with cancel culture? Cancel culture is crazy. They trying to, they trying to cancel Pepe Le Pew. You hear about this? Pepe Le Pew getting canceled? Come on, man. Come on, man. He was just he he was confused. <laughs> He's a skunk trying to get at a cat that he thought was a skunk. You know how cats are. Cats are always trying to they 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 not they not for all that stuff. They 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 play hard to get, they do all the other stuff. They don't like all that extra affection where skunks, you know, they they move a little different. <laughs> no, but for real. Um, it's getting ridiculous. Um, you're trying to cancel a cartoon that kids today don't even watch. Most kids watch um, um, anime, so they don't even know. They don't even know who Pepe Le Pew is. All you're doing is making them Google and look up who he is to watch some of that stuff that he was doing. And if you watch Dave Chappelle years ago, back in 2000, he called it. He said, "Man, this dude was a little rapey." But it was it, it, to us. This is the thing. If you think that any kid's going to grow up thinking that that is the way to treat a woman, if you really pay attention to the cartoon. He never got the girl, maybe because he was being a little too aggressive. So if anything, he was teaching us a lesson that, hmm, if you press upon a woman, you think you just hug and kiss them and talk to them all in their face and everything like that, you might not get that girl. So you might want to show a little chivalry. I don't know. So to me, I thought it was life lessons of teaching of what not to do. And now the next thing they're saying, they want to they want to cancel Speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> yep, yep, andale, andale, arriba.
<laughs> Speedy Gonzalez. Oh, if you want to cancel anyone, cancel Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse. They both did blackface, but neither here or there. Moving right along. Tyson Fury. Did you guys hear about this? Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua finally have made an agreement to have a two-fight bout. They, they already agreed to two fights. One, the first fight will start either in June or July where they were split a 50-50 purse of all the revenue. And the second fight will be either in November, December, where the winner of the first fight will get 60% of the revenue. Crazy. Tyson Fury, the Gypsy King, the Devante Wilder Slayer. Record of 30-0-1. That one versus Wilder. 21 knockouts. He's not a knockout artist, but this dude's one of the best pure boxers in all of boxing, but especially, especially in the heavyweight division. And you have Anthony Joshua, 24-1 and 22 knockouts. That one loss to Ruiz, to, to, to Butterbean, uh, the Latin Butterbean. Embarrassing loss. I believe that the Gypsy King will beat Joshua both fights. Now, Anthony Joshua is a better technical boxer than Deontay Waters, so it, it won't be as easy. But I feel like just, just the Gypsy King's a superior boxer. Because I honestly believe that Wilder would have knocked out Joshua. He, he's shown that he doesn't have a good chin. I think the Gypsy King might actually rock Joshua early, like in the first or second round. But it's going to be entertaining to see. I can't wait to see that fight, both fights for that matter. And I think that um, the Gypsy King wins both, both fights so mark your calendars stay tuned pay attention on that guys as we're finally getting some good fights out of boxing especially in the heavyweight division this year finally we have ufc 261 now there's 260 coming up soon but we're going to go right to 261 because in ufc 261 some things are happening that has not happened all through covid listen to this UFC president Dana White vowed that he would not allow the UFC to host fans at limited capacity for events during the COVID-19 pandemic, saying that the crowd would only return when events could be held at full capacity. Just recently, White formally announced that the UFC was back, revealing that UFC 261 would take place on Saturday, April 24th from Vi Star Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida, with spectators allowed into the arena at full capacity. White's announcement on Twitter also broke the news that Kamaru Usman would defend his welterweight championship on the car battling Jorge Masvidal in a rematch of their July 2020 clash at UFC 251. The first fight saw Masvidal step in on six days' notice to try to win the title after Gilbert Burns was pulled from the card after testing positive COVID-19. Usman easily won the fight, completely nullifying the explosive offense from Masvidal. Also confirmed, the card by White was Valentina Shevchenko defending her women's flyweight title against Jessica Andrade, while Wiley Zhang will defend the women's straightweight title against former champion Rose Namunas. Five Star Veterans Memorial Arena held the first three UFC events after the pandemic caused the promotion to cancel several cards. Three events, including UFC 249, were held at the arena with no fans in attendance. That allowed the UFC to continue moving forward while waiting for Nevada to allow empty arena events at the UFC Apex, which has become the promotion's home during the pandemic. Eventually, the UFC was able to secure a second home on Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. The UFC 261 will be the first event with full fan capacity since UFC 248 on March 7, 2020. Gotta be excited about this, guys. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I'm going to have to pay for that one. Coming up on our next segment, we're going to speak more about March Madness as it has returned. And of course, we're going to do our weekly wrap about the NBA. So we're going to take a short break, guys. This is the time is now. This show is brought to you by Pure Diamond Auto. 
With Pure Diamond Auto, they take the dirt out of the car business and make it pure. Pure Diamond Auto has a team of former finance and sales managers who can guide you through all the tricks of the trade. Go to www.purediamondautola.com today and use promo code TIME for a free consultation. That's promo code TIME. That's purediamondautola.com. What can I say? I love PDA. All right, you know what time it is. It's my favorite part of the show. It's the happy birthday, so let's go. We got Mia Hamm turning 49, Adrian Peterson turning 36, and Blake Griffin turning 32, and Jamal Crawford turning 41, J.J. Watt turning 32, and Tim Hardaway Jr. turning 29, and Spike Lee turning 64. We got Pat Riley turning 76, and Joel Embiid, the MVP, turning 27, and Rosie O'Donnell turning 59, and The Weeknd's turning 31. We got Danny Ainge turning 62, Biggie Simmons turning 26, Kyle Corver turning 40, and we have Matthew Broderick turning 59, and then we have Heaven Hart, Kevin Hart's little daughter turning 16, and we have Rob Kardashian, the forgotten one, turning 34, and we have Rob Lowe from 911 turning 57, and going down with 911 once again, we have Sierra McClain from 911 turning 27. We have Tamar Braxton turning 44, and we have um, Constance Wu, Constance Wu turning 39, Kurt Russell turning 70. We have Samoa Joe from the WWE turning 42, and we have Adam Levine turning 42, and we have Zonic Polians, that's T.I. And, and, uh, and Tiny's daughter turning 25, we have Bruce Willis turning 66, Queen Latifah turning 51, and Keegan-Michael Key turning 50, and Janae Eichel turning 33, and we have Sting w in the... Wrestling Hall of Fame Sting turning 62 and Flavor Flav turning 62 as well. And that five, Vanessa Williams turning 58. And we have William Shatner turning 90. And Danny Garcia, the, the boxing champion, turning 33. And we have some honorable mentions. Nat King Cole, who passed away in 1965, would have been 102 this week. And we have former WWE star Andrew Martin. You may know him as Test, passed away in 2009 would have been 46 this week. And finally, Chester Burlington, sorry, Berlinger from Lincoln Park, passed away in 2017, would have been 45 this week. That's all of our birthdays this week, guys. Now, back to our show. Welcome back. Now, with the March Madness upon us, we just had the selection Sunday for the men's, and we had selections yesterday, Monday, for the women's brackets. Now, because of COVID, we have several teams, I believe it's four teams each, with reserves waiting just in case of a team gets COVID, then they can substitute for them. So all in all, it's just so many teams, including the play-in games. It's just something that, to me, is not really, not really looking forward to it. it. Wasn't really too involved into this season as well, as you have historic teams like Duke and others who did not make it in. And um, a lot of the Blue Bloods or lower seeds this year. It's just, it was just an awkward year. Only thing that stood the test or, or the trend was the women's league. They're very consistent. Um, so I, I still did my bracketology because it's like a tradition. So I did my bracketology. And I do have some upsets, if you want to call it that. Because, like I said, it's going to be one of those weird years. So bracketology this year would make zero sense. The, you know what? You know what? COVID is so funny. I bet you someone wins a million dollars this year on Bracketology Challenge. And remind, remember, you can use, you can put up to 25 different selections. And if you're an anti, I've already put one for the men's in there. Just um, search it, look for um, Bracketology or look for the um, March Madness and you'll find that link for the men's and the women's. So join up, join the group. For the final four for the men's, um, there, I have upsets and whatnot in there, but I have USC, the sixth seed USC, and then versus the first seed, top seed Michigan, and I have Baylor, 
top seed Baylor versus the fourth seed Oklahoma State University. That's what I have for my final four. For the women, I have I have chalk pretty much. All number one seeds, Stanford versus South Carolina and UConn versus NC State. That's what I have. And like I said before, I don't really cover or speak on college sports too much because of the fact that they still are doing free labor. And you can debate that with your mama. I'm not gonna go into too much detail with that. It's free labor. And I don't wanna give too much light to those being, uh, you know, use as free labor and cannot profit off their likeness. So I know that's coming along soon. When it does come along, I'll talk more about it, okay? All right, moving on to the NBA. Let's go to my last week picks, shall we? Let's see how I did. Last week, Thursday, I had Golden State versus the Clippers. I chose Golden State to win that against the Clippers, and the Clippers blew them out. I was wrong. Next, we had Boston versus Brooklyn. Brooklyn at home. Brooklyn right now is on a tear. They are on fire, and I chose chose Brooklyn, and I was right. Next, later that day, Phoenix versus Portland. I chose Phoenix on the road because Phoenix is doing big things, and I was correct. Friday, 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 Indianapolis versus the Lakers. That game came down to the fourth quarter. It was a tough, tough game, but my Lakers turned out and won it. I called the Lakers, and I was right. Saturday, Saturday, Mavs versus Denver. I thought Denver was still doing big things. They were making a lot of moves with Jokic, but the Mavs, with Porzingis being getting healthy, they're getting healthier, the Mavs are looking good, and I was wrong. Denver lost that game at home to the Mavs. Sunday, the Clippers versus New Orleans. Couldn't believe it. I called the Clippers. Not only was I wrong, I was dead wrong. They got blown out by over 20 points by New Orleans. Can you believe that? The Pelicans still flying high, trying to get into the playoffs. Later that day, Golden State versus Utah. I chose Utah at home. Golden State blew out Utah at home. You can't make this stuff up, people. Come on, somebody. I was wrong. Monday. We had a lot of good games. We had the battle of the boroughs, the Knicks versus the Nets. Last time I called the Knicks, this time I called the Nets. But guess what? This was something going, you had to see it. I know you probably heard about it by now, that the, the Knicks just wouldn't go away. And in the final seconds, about five or six seconds left in the game, Knicks down by three. Judas Randle gets a roll. Heads to the basket, Kyrie slaps the ball out, but he doesn't see, he made a crucial error. You can't trust the refs in that moment. In, in their mind, they look at it like he traveled. So they called a travel to turnover where Kyrie slapped the ball out of his hands from his grip. So he had to go back up with the shot. He called a travel and to his chagrin, and he was very vocal about it. They made sure not to give him a tech because that would cost him money. Because he, he was pounding the ball, going crazy. Even after the game, when the game was over, he was trying to charge the refs because he was blaming them for the mistake or for, for messing the call. And I think they felt they missed it. But at the end of the day, is this. It makes no sense for him to jump up and come down like that. The, the, the refs should use discretion. They should use some intelligence because they obviously couldn't see because their, their back was to it. So with anything else you could have called, you could have called a jump ball because you saw Kyrie's hand reach. There's no way you didn't see his hand reach. Get called at least a jump ball, but I will put some blame on Julius Randle. Most players, when things like that happen, you'll see players like LeBron or other veterans, they allow the ball to fly out of their hands. Now, I know he's afraid of probably losing the ball altogether. You want to maintain control of it, but he should let the ball at least drop. When he came close to the end, he should let it drop before his feet landed. That way they can know for certain that the ball was slapped out of his hands and maybe the result would have been different. Who knows? I don't think Julius would have hit the three-pointer anyway. I called Brooklyn. And I was right. Later on with that doubleheader, Lakers versus Golden State. In Golden State, Golden State has no answer for the Lakers. Lakers lost one game to Golden State, but while leading the entire game and giving up the game in the last five minutes. That's the only time they lost it. They wouldn't let that happen again. But even out AD, we got DJ, the Lakers DJ, balling out, blocking shots, getting alley-oops. KCP showed up. Horton, Tucker showed up. Kuzma's been doing his thing. And the leading scorer... For back-to-back days, you had you had Montrez with 27, and the other night you had Kuzma off the bench leading them with points. So the bench mob put up 71 points against Golden State. They blew them out by 30. 
I was right. Lakers beat Golden State. And finally, Milwaukee versus DC. I called Milwaukee and I was right. So let's see what I ended up. I ended up six to four. Six to four. My goodness, look at me doing big things in the NBA. Speaking of that, moving forward, as we look at how things are panning out, the West is wild right now. Utah Jazz are five and five out of the last ten. Suns are eight and two. Lakers and the Clippers are both four and six. Just looking kind of messy right now. The Nuggets are seven and three, and that's the top five teams in the West. To fighting for that bubble position right now, you have San Antonio, Dallas, Golden State, and Memphis. And still the Pelicans on the outside looking in, but they're playing very well. The the real story in the West are the Houston Rockets. Houston Rockets right now on a 16-game losing streak. They're about to break a record. And the crazy part is, that's not even the record in their franchise for most losses in in a row for a losing streak. That's amazing. I think it's 22. I think I remember those days, too. I think that was shortly after the Tracy McGrady years. Don't quote me on that, but it, uh, it was pretty bad. The crazier part is they're still not even the worst team in the West. They've lost 16 games in a row, and they still have a three-game lead over Minnesota. That's how bad Minnesota's been doing. Yes, they've had COVID issues with their star player in Carl Anthony Towns, but they also have the number one pick in the draft. He's actually starting to look like the number one pick in the draft. He is balling. That, that guy, Anthony Edwards, is balling, posterizing people literally every other night. So they're doing big things. They're trying to turn it around, but they're probably going to end up with a number one pick again because they still look that bad. Moving on to the Eastern Conference. Philadelphia is holding on by a thread. But without Embiid, like I already predicted, even if Embiid was healthy, I still feel like the Nets would have overtaken them eventually because they're on fire right now. I think they won 13 of the last 14 games. They're 9-1 out of their last 10. But the, the 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 76ers are eight out of the last ten as well. The whole Eastern Conference right now, the top the top four teams are eight and two, nine and one, nine and one, and nine and one out of the last ten. Philadelphia and the, the Nets are on a five game winning streak right now. The the East is hot. Atlanta Hawks as they fired their coach, and Lloyd, they're on a five game winning streak. They're seven and three out of the last ten. The crazy part is the top three teams out of the East and the top three teams out of the West are almost deadlocked. They're all intertwined for one another. And it has been like that in a long time. And finally, with all those teams winning, another hot team is the Heat. The Heat are doing big things right now. They've moved themselves out of the basement to the fourth seed. And they're after after the third seed is a, it's a big gap for the rest of the teams. But look at this. Almost everyone's over. They have seven teams over 500. Seven, where before it was only three, and gaining because Atlanta is, is a game under 500 right now, and Chicago is not too far behind. The East is different this year. It's gonna be a better playoffs than you think, and this I think more than any time you can actually mix it up from t- one to 16 because you don't have any. You're, not, you're probably not gonna have any teams under 500 for the first time in several seasons. The the bottom team, the eighth seed in the East, has been under 500 for several years. So for this to finally turn around is a great thing, great thing for the league. It's a good story. Let's look at the seven to 10 seeds in the East. You have the New York Knicks, Atlanta Hawks, and the Chicago Bulls, and the Indiana Pacers. I'm surprised the Pacers are falling down that far. The Raptors fell down a little bit as well. We all expected more out of the Wizards, but you only got what you got. I don't think the Wizards are gonna make it. They're not that far out, but I still don't think they're gonna make it. I think the Hawks will make it. Oh, the Bulls, maybe the Pacers, maybe the Raptors. That's honestly, it's really tough. Don't know who's going to make it, but the Wizards still actually have a chance to get into the top 10. They're not that far off. They're about three games out, and we have plenty of games left to play. So it's going to be an interesting wrap up to the season. Stay tuned. Even though Utah, we said that Utah has the easiest season to finish off the, the, the season, the second half of the season. They're five and five out of the last 10. So it's never really, you got to still show up and play the game. That's why they play the games. Now let's do my top picks for the following week, for the upcoming week, shall we? Tonight, Clippers versus Boston in Boston. The thing about the Clippers, they're very inconsistent. That's what we can say. They one night, they blow a team out. The next night, they get blown out. So don't know who they are. Even Kawhi Leonard has said recently that they're inconsistent. I just had a conversation this Sunday with some family members and some Clipper fans. So that's what they are, very consistent. But I'm still calling Boston to win that game at home. But knowing me, I'm probably just going to flip the other way. So the Clippers most likely will win. But I still feel like Boston will win. I feel like with now Marcus Smart back, 
they're going to they're gonna start surging towards the playoffs. Later tonight, Phoenix versus Lakers. Wait a minute. I was looking at the wrong one. My goodness. Forgive me, people. Tonight is Utah versus Boston. Utah on the road versus Boston. I'm calling Utah to win that game. Next, Atlanta versus Houston. To me, interesting game. I have Houston on here because I feel like they're finally going to, as as they have a 16-game losing streak and the Hawks have a five-game winning streak, I think both get snapped and Houston finally gets a win. Only if John Wall comes back because John Wall's been out hurt. If John Wall comes back, I feel like they have a strong chance of winning that game. Later tonight, we have New Orleans versus Portland. Pelicans are flying high. I'm calling New Orleans to win that game. Wednesday, Wednesday, tomorrow, Wednesday, Clippers versus versus Dallas. I'm calling Dallas to win that game. That is a rematch from the playoffs last season in the bubble. I have the Clippers winning that game. Following after that, we have Milwaukee versus the 76ers. I have Milwaukee winning that game with Joel Embiid still out. Thursday, Charlotte versus the Lakers. I want to see LaMelo Ball get revenge for his brother against the Lakers. I'm calling Charlotte to lose that game as Lakers have a long homestand this week in the NBA. They have five games this week, and most of them are at home. Next, Utah versus D.C. That'll be an interesting game. I think D.C. could win, but I'm still going to say Utah is going to win that game as they continue to be on the road throughout this week. Friday, Golden State versus Memphis. That's going to be a great game. Memphis is playing very well. Golden State plays very well as well. But Valanciunas is beginning double-doubles left and right, and John Moran is looking crazy right now. I got Memphis beating Golden State at home. Dallas versus Portland later that night. Dallas versus Portland. I'm going to give Dallas. I think Porzingis has a big game. A big game down there. He's going to bring Cantor out there for around the three-point land. He's not comfortable out there. Porzingis is going to shoot a lot from deep. And then you're going to give the wide-open lane for, for Luka to go down there. And they have no shot blockers right now in Portland. I see Dallas doing big things in Portland. Saturday. Saturday, we have Milwaukee versus, I'm sorry, Atlanta versus the Lakers. A lot of Lakers games. I have Lakers beating Atlanta at home. Later that night, we have the Mavs versus the Clippers. I actually have, that's a rematch from Wednesday. I had the Clippers winning before. This time, I'm switching and I'm having the Mavs. Sunday, once again, we have the Lakers on a back-to-back versus Phoenix. I actually have Phoenix winning that game. Later, New Orleans versus Denver. I have New Orleans beating Denver on the road. Next, D.C. versus Brooklyn. It's going to be a fun game, you know, to see. Even though there's no KD, most likely, you still have to see Westbrook and see those guys go up against them. I still have Brooklyn winning that game. I don't have Brooklyn losing too many games, as you can hear. And then finally, on Monday, Boston versus Memphis. That's going to be a fun game. I actually have Memphis winning that game at home. So that's my picks coming up for next week. It's going to be another fun, fun week in the NBA. We're going to take another short break. We're going to take another short break, guys. This is the time. It's now. We do not own the rights to this music. Something for my God, Sandy Elijah and a little girl named Corinne. Some say the black of the belly, the sweet of the juice. I say the dark of the flesh and the deep of the roots. I give a holler to my sister's own welfare. Tupac kids, if don't nobody else care. And uh, I know they like to beat you down a lot. And when you come around the block, brothers clown a lot. Don't cry, dry your eyes, never let up Forgive, but don't forget, girl, keep your head And when he tells you you ain't nothing, don't believe him And if you can't learn to love you, you should leave him Cause sister, you don't need And I ain't trying to catch up, I just call him how I see You know what makes me unhappy? that When brothers make babies and leave a young mother to be a happy And since we all came from 
while we take from our women While we rape our women, do we hate our women? I think it's time to kill for our women Time to heal our women, be real to our women And if we don't, we'll have a race of babies That will hate the ladies that make the babies And since a man can't make one He has no right to tell a woman when and where to create one So will the real men get up? I know you're fed up, ladies But keep your head up Keep Your Head Up by Tupac. Rest in peace, Tupac. Gone way too soon. One of our modern day prophets. And um, this week in our Soapbox segment, if you didn't know, this is not scripted. Soapbox is right off the top of the dome. Just how I feel. And just going on a little rant on how I feel in the moment. So you're getting the raw of me. Um... Those of you who know me know that I've battled with depression for so many years. So it's apropos that we choose to keep your head up for those who may be dealing with similar things because no matter how rough that road gets, you have to know that you're not alone. Even though sometimes you may feel like you are alone, but you're not alone in this world, in this fight. You see, that's the thought that crosses those minds, those people who deal with the level of depression where they may be con- contemplating suicide. You you always try to wonder, why did they do that? Why would they do that? This doesn't make any sense. That was so selfish of them. When in essence, they feel like it's probably the most 
unselfish thing that they could possibly do. You see, they think that the burden that they're carrying is theirs just alone. They think that the world will probably be a better place without them in it and that they are just a burden to you all. They feel so alone and isolated. But I'm talking to you, those who have those thoughts, that you're so wrong. Those in the spiritual realm would say it's a, it's a, it's a demon, it's, it's the devil, it's a spirit. That you must free yourself from that spirit, you must pray it out. There's those in the natural world who say it's just a chemical imbalance in your brain. I won't say that either of them are wrong, but at the end of the day, you're not in your right mind. You see, what I've come to learn is that your life isn't yours to take. That your life is shared amongst all those who love you. And believe you me, there are people out there who love you. As crazy as you may be, or, or as out there as you may be, or as opinionated, or what all the things you think that are negative about you, there's someone in this world who loves you. For the simple fact that you are alive today, because for you being alive was a choice made by at least one person. Think about that. Whether that person is still here or not, physically, but they're always with you, spiritually, if you truly believe in that. So, I say all to you who may be struggling with, struggling with some levels of depression or levels of anxiety or anything of the like, that seek some sort of guidance. But first, change something within yourself. Find things that make you happy. Find things that keep you anchored to this world. Reset. It's okay to unplug from this machine and then come back full, strong. This weekend, I went on a trip with my family. We went to just mother nature as it was raining in Southern California and we live very close to the mountains, 30 minute drive. Drove right up to Mount Baldy and saw the snow and and the ice. And it was actually my daughter's first time in snow. And just to see the joy, first the fear, because <laughs> it's something new, her feet were sinking in the snow. And she was just so terrified. And then soon later, she's all up in it, writing her name, carving out sculptures and doing snow angels for the first time. And just to see the level of joy in her eyes and in her voice gave me life. Just a beautiful time with fam. And you gotta find more moments like that. When my daughter was a newborn, I used to just drive out to the pier and listen to the ocean. There are times where I will have, I guess a mini breakdown and just get in, drop, 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 get in my infinity. I love infinities, they drive so well. And just drive up the coast until I ran out of gas, ended up in Oakland. <laughs> and I used to have a stick shift coupe one day I just got in and just started driving, started heading east and just drove to Vegas, visited some friends and drove back the same day. But whatever your thing is, as long as it's something that's healthy, make sure you don't harm others or yourself. I remember a time where I used to abuse alcohol not knowing I was doing so. Didn't know, I was in the car business. I would come home every day alone to my, my single bedroom apartment. I was young too, early 20s. And I would just drink till I fell asleep. Just just drink. And didn't know. Oh, and then also too, um, days I have tough days at work, and I was a pretty good salesperson. But when I have a tough day, I would go back to my car and just bump the music. I had, I had like a silver decked out Maxima <laughs> with the silver tent you can see inside the mirror tent. And I would just, you know, be in the back bumping music had had uh, tequila bottles in my glove box and I was just taking shots and getting nice and lit until I felt comfortable enough or loose enough to go back to work and probably sell like two cars. And I thought that was the thing to do. And I was like, oh yeah, this, this, is, this is helping me get my edge, you know? And I'll go back in there and I think nothing was wrong. 
sometimes I would, when I go home and I wake up in the morning and then I, I got a little buzz. That's why I thought it was a little buzz. It was a hangover. I had a little buzz. I said, okay, let me get a wine cooler or a beer or something. And since I have that mirror tint, I jump in the car, put my shades on and drink that on the way to work to get the edge off. That was my daily routine on the days I went to work. I drank in the morning, drink in the afternoon, I drank it all night. They didn't think anything was wrong. I was battling something. And not until one day, as I was a top seller one month, I came in, I think it was like seven minutes late because I was drinking all night. Came in with my shades on like I was a hot shot. My sales manager said, hey Stafford, go home. I said, what? Go home, you're late. I'm like, I was the top guy last month. I don't care, you're not above the team, go home. I said, F this, I quit. And they panicked. They called me back and uh, they, my assistant manager convinced me to come back. I came back and I spoke to um, HR and they were trying to figure out what's going on with me and I kind of admitted, I, it just came out of my mouth out of nowhere. I said, I think I have a drinking problem. And that road to redemption started at that time. So I say all that to say this, no matter what you're battling, no matter what your vice is, you have the power inside of you to change it. If you see fit, you must make a decision to yourself, a vow that every day you will do better. Every day you will inch closer to your goals and stay focused on them. Find the things that make you happy. Find your happiness. You cannot find happiness outside of yourself. Finest for happiness can only be from inside of yourself. Until next time. Well, that's it this week guys once again thank you to all my new listeners we continue to grow each and every week so that is a blessing so i appreciate all you guys who are sharing this podcast so remember to like share and please please subscribe really appreciate all the love and the support now it's time for our final word in the same way you are younger submit yourselves to your elders all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because god opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be alert and sober of mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. 1 Peter 5, 5 through 9. Remember to spread love, share love, embrace love, for God is love. Until next time, peace.